from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Chris Lee, Dennis Cox here in the afternoons for you, 99.9 The Fan. And uh, let's talk about college basketball here in our Mm -hmm. local area. Mackenzie McBacco committed to Duke, then decommitted from Duke after signing his letter of intent. Simeon Wilcher committed to UNC, decommitted from UNC after signing his letter of intent. And that happened just yesterday. Yeah. Trey Parker from NC State. Not a not a similar situation, but not the exact same. He announced that he is going to be reclassifying in high school. So instead of coming out this year, it's actually going to come out next year. So, but he's still, as of right now, sticking with NC State. Okay. And he will end up playing in Raleigh for the Wolfpack. That is a very smart idea from my end. But this situation, very different from the Simeon Wilcher situation and the McKenzie McBacco situation with UNC and Duke, respectively, Dennis. It is different in the sense of Parker is still committed to NC State. Again, he's just delaying getting there for a year. Now, NC State, this upcoming offseason, had a lot, or this this past offseason, I guess you could say, has had a lot of transfers come in and a lot of, at his position. Michael O'Connell coming in from Stanford, a guard. MJ Rice, technically a small four, but smaller ish at six foot five. Right. A five star guy coming in originally from Durham, coming in from Kansas. Mm-hmm. So you also have DJ Horn coming in from Arizona State. Jaden Taylor, a combo guard coming in from Butler. So four guys, I'll say, in the backcourt. That are coming in. That doesn't even count guys like Breon Pass, Casey Morsell, LJ Thomas, LJ Thomas, <laughs> who are already there in the backcourt. So you're looking at a pretty loaded uh, backcourt for Coach Kevin Keats. I know Keats last year went three guards a lot, where he had Joiner, um, he also had uh, Terquavian Smith, as well as Casey Morsell in his starting lineup. So he's used to going with a smaller lineup. But Parker looking and saying, you know what? I can still play yeah. and keep that year of eligibility as opposed to just sitting on the bench and redshirt. If you're not a player like uh, Dennis Smith Jr. or like uh, like what Duke has had come in, uh, R.J. Barrett or like a Derek Lively or something like that, mm-hmm. a lot of those players, if you're not that and you're on a, play, on a team with a lot of upperclassmen, uh, especially in the guard uh, position, you're going to find yourself as a freshman riding the bench because there's a lot you have to learn. And you mentioned all of the guards that are coming in with loads of experience from other programs. And then you also mentioned Casey Morsell. This is going to be his fifth year. Yeah. Right? Like, as a freshman, Trey Parker, you have to try to outplay that. Mm-hmm. And Casey Morsell is a very solid player mm-hmm. defensively and also can make the open shot. Then we also talking about Breon Pass, who's been playing behind uh, Terquavion Smith effectively for the last two years he's waiting for his chance to really break out and he's also somebody that's going to be a a, a veteran because this will be his junior year and LJ Thomas had a freshman year last year playing behind those other guards he wants to break out a little bit Uh, I actually did a a interview uh, with um, who is it I'm trying to think of uh, her her name who went to NC State Um, Debbie Antonelli? Debbie Antonelli. I'm yes. sorry. I don't know why I had a brain fart right there. It happens. And LJ Thomas was in the facility shooting around while that was happening. He was putting in that offseason work, and that's what Trey Parker is going to have to um, have to go up against. Smart for him to, to pull back because he also can lose it. This is not just losing a year of, 
of playing time. It's also losing a year of maybe building your brand through NIL and making and making money, right? If you're sitting on a bench or if you're redshirting, you can't get out there and make as much money because people don't know you. Yeah, they don't again, see you. Exposure matters. Exposure does matter. So again, this is different than than Simeon Wilcher, who was a part of the 2023 class for North Carolina, who told North Carolina, hey, you know what? I'm not coming. I want release from my letter of intent so he can go play somewhere else uh, right away. So that's what Simeon Wilcher wants to do. So you actually look at North Carolina and what Hubert Davis is building there. He's looking, I think, now at potentially three open scholarships if he does release Wilcher. Yeah. Like three open scholarships. Now he can still go into the transfer portal and pull guys out because there are still guys that are eligible in the transfer portal to come to North Carolina. Who those guys are specifically – I don't have the list in front of me. But but there are guys in the transfer yeah. portal that you could still maybe go pull a piece or two out if you wanted to. Honestly, I think it's probably better for Hubert Davis to focus on the group that he has right now unless, yeah. unless something really falls in your lap. But focus on a group that you have right now and take those three scholarship uh, scholarships and just give it to a walk-on. Well, you could, but I think also you have to protect yourself in case. What if you do have a rash of injuries? Then all of a sudden you're down to, like, what, eight scholarship guys? And that's the position you don't want to be in. Well, during the year, what can you do about it? Well, that's what I'm saying. You can fill those positions now. Well, yeah, but that's also, what I mean. Also, I think they're in a position to where, like, we've seen what's going on. And, and here's here's a good discussion for us to have. Mm-hmm. If you were to fill those up right now, who's to say that you won't have another Simeon Wilcher situation? Fair. Because we've seen, and you've said it before to me, because you've been a coach, right? Oh, yeah. Right now, this is a time where players have the the most freedom mm-hmm. that they've ever had. They can move around whenever they want, and we see that in this situation with Trey Parker and in Simeon, Simeon Wilcher. And if you continue to fill up the roster in a way to where somebody like a Jalen Washington or somebody else says, like, hey, I'm not going to get playing time. I might as well go elsewhere. Now, right now, if you're already on the team and you're transferring, you're going to have to sit out a year because past the deadline. But still, that could be something that somebody would want to do, could potentially decide to do. And that's something that Hubert Davis has to be careful of. So you don't really want to go and fill up if that is the, the situation at hand. Yeah, it depends on what year those guys are in school, if they're final year of eligibility. Maybe they're just grad school guys who are just looking for another place to, to finish out their career. I don't know if those guys are still available. I'm not entirely sure. So that's that's how you can kind of fill it with with guys who you know are only going to be there for for one season. But my mindset, you talk about, yeah, I used to coach. I used to coach college women's lacrosse. I did it a total of nine seasons. I never counted a player as a recruit until that player was in a uniform on game day. Right. I never counted them as officially as a recruit. Just never know. Because there are so many players that I lost out on because of, again, I was coaching Division three, so the other different hurdles you had to, you had to deal with. But – financial aid issues or whatever it might be there are people that i had even transfers that i expected to come in but there was an issue with a not like a credit that didn't transfer over so they didn't have enough credits coming in they weren't Caleb eligible Ernest uday jr yeah, things along those lines yeah like, it happens yeah so i never counted somebody on my roster and as a recruit until they actually suited up in a game for me so that's that's how it was for me it's different in the nba because you just pick your players and sign them it's a little different in the NBA. You look at Dariq Whitehead right. of Duke, a second offseason surgery. He had one before the season this past se- this past year. And when you look at what he brings in terms of what he did this past season, kind of fit fit that mold of a 3 and D guy. He did. Pretty good outside shooter. 
he has an NBA body at standing at six foot seven, long wingspan. That is that is the NBA body. Well, right? that, that is the NBA that, body. That is the the average NBA body. I mean, that is sure. like prototypical yeah. NBA body physically. Now in high school, he was like this slasher ball handler type guy. So I think a lot of NBA scouts don't know entirely sure what he is. But again, another offseason surgery. The draft is on June twenty second. It's two weeks away from tomorrow. I don't know if this guy's going to slip down late in the first round or not because a lot of people protect him as a lottery pick. I mean, he absolutely could, but you know, it's ultimately up to NBA teams. And the unfortunate part is he doesn't have the time to work out for NBA teams, so they know what they're getting because of the the injuries and the surgeries, right? So right now they have to lean on his Duke tape. Mm-hmm. His Duke tape is very different from his high school tape, as yeah. you alluded to, because who saw him becoming a forty percent three point shooter because he was the slasher. In high school, but he couldn't do it because he had injuries. I had a chance to speak with Chris Patola, who mm-hmm. is a uh, NBA or, or basketball analyst who works for ESPN, on how NBA teams will need to evaluate Derek Whitehead in the long term. And this is what he told me. Yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, I, I think what the way that Derek Whitehead translates and the way that Derek Whitehead will ultimately have to be used, I, I think a very good comp or translation would be some of these guys that were playing for the Heat or are playing for the Heat in terms of, you know, the Caleb Martins, the Gabe Vincents, like these three and D guys that have become very in vogue in the NBA. The problem is when you look at a lot of those guys now, Chris, they are older dudes. And I think maturity helps a player embrace some of the things that Derek Whitehead is going to have to be good at. He's going to have to spend a lot of time in the gym, again, working and drilling his perimeter shot. He's going to have to become much more efficient with the ball. There were times this year at Duke when he caught the ball and he put it on the floor. There was a lot of dribbling to get to what he needed to do. You're not going to be able to do that at the NBA level. So one of his points right there Mm -hmm. is also age factor. Dariq Whitehead probably could have benefited from another year at Duke. But when you come in and you have the injuries and you're like, ah, do I want to chance it because I could blow up my entire NBA career getting injured once again. Yeah. But his point was the age, right? We're seeing guys like Gabe Vincent, like Winston Salem's Caleb Martin right now for the Miami Heat who are starting to really come into their own in the NBA. And Caleb Martin's 27. Yeah. Gabe Vincent is 26. Derek Whitehead is been around for a while. <laughs> He's 19, mm-hmm. right? So how much basketball is he going to have to play to catch up for those guys who well, at least seven years worth, right? And so he's going to have to really mature quickly, find his footing, uh, no pun intended, because of the surgeries that he's had, Yeah. Uh, but find his footing in the NBA, and, and those are going to be the guys that he's going to have to compete against. Guys like that who have gone through the ringer, who've been in and out of the league, and who have now found themselves uh, and are, are playing at a high level right now in the NBA Finals. Uh, Spatola actually – discuss with you the questions regarding Derek Whitehead playing in the NBA currently. Does he understand, you know, in terms of his IQ, he's not a great passer. At least we didn't see that. Is that something that he will be able to do? Is he a guy that's comfortable being a, a corner three guy who ultimately maybe develops into, into other stuff? Um, but th- there's just a lot of stuff that I think you're, you're going to ask or want Derek Whitehead to do that. I think he's still too young to, to, to fully embrace, to fully work at. And then ultimately, um, you don't know if he could ever get there just based off his, his body of work or his incomplete body of work at Duke. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? 
The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. So if you are the Charlotte Hornets, and mm -hmm. of course they have the number two overall pick, yeah, but they're also picking at number 27. They do. And you have two former Duke players who are projected to go in the late first round. So if you're sitting there at 27. I'm talking about Derek Whitehead and Derek Lively. If Derek Whitehead and Derek Lively, the second, are there as the Charlotte Hornets, knowing what we know about Derek Whitehead and mm -hmm. his health, knowing what we know about Derek Lively and what he's shown us in off-season workouts because he's been able to work out and show that he does have that NBA three-point range that he didn't get a chance to show at Duke. Who do you pick? Great question. I think I don't think Lively's actually going to be there at 27. I think he goes earlier. But if both guys are there, all things being equal, the Charlotte Hornets have already drafted Vernon Carey and Mark Williams post guys out of Duke in the last several drafts in the first round. True. Vernon Carey's with the Wizards now. Though. Yeah, he's with the Wizards now, so he's no longer with the organization, but still was drafted in the first round. Uh, I honestly, I think I go with Whitehead. I go with Derek Whitehead because I'm drafting Derek Lively to be a backup. And you already got Nick Richards there to go along with Mark and Williams. Kai Jones. Yeah. And Kai Jones. So yeah. it, was six, it, was a, it was a power forward. But yeah, I think I would honestly go with Whitehead because that upside. Because when you look at that guy play, you're like, man, that guy's got the the athleticism in the body. If he stays healthy, you don't know what he's going to be. And all honestly, plus, if you're the Charlotte Hornets, you don't know what you're going to be doing with Miles Bridges either. Because you have a major question mark this offseason when it comes to Miles Bridges. He didn't play this past season. You still have his bird rights. I don't know if he's still going to be playing in the NBA because you don't know what his full legal situation is going to be going forward. Uh, I, I hate agreeing with you because yeah. uh, at first when when I when we talked about this question mm -hmm. earlier, I was going to go the lively uh, route with this. But when you think about it, you have Cody Martin on the team. P.J. Washington, is he going to be back? Yeah, he's a restricted free agent. I'm assuming he'd be back. He's already got a qualifying offer out there. But the the Hornets could go another direction. And then you also mentioned uh, Miles Bridges. You The conventional wisdom is that he will be back. But mm -hmm. you never know what could happen, right? Then you have James Booknight, who hasn't really worked out a lot. No, he hasn't. And you're going to need uh, guys like Dariq Whitehead, who fits that James Booknight or that Cody Martin role where they can be the 3 and D guy for that team. So very interesting with that. Uh, speaking of Duke, yeah, Duke baseball heading to the Super Regionals. Yeah, they are. Uh, I thought it was very uh, interesting that Duke has actually had more Super Regional appearances than any ACC team since uh, 2018. Yeah. We're only talking fact. five years, but that means that Duke is doing a really good job and right Coach now Chris Pollard, yeah. under head coach Chris Pollard and uh, somebody who's probably even doing a better job. MJ Metz, this guy has a torn ACL yeah. and has hit four home runs on that torn ACL. 
he talked about his weekend at the regional this past uh, – actually this morning. He spoke to us this morning on that. Once I got the MRI, uh, we got the brace pretty quick, and uh, Aldo and our athletic training staff has been incredible uh, getting me ready to go. Um, and that was sort of our goal all along is to get ready to go for, uh, for a regional. So I, I, I pretty much knew that I wanted to tr give it a shot the whole week going up. Um, obviously, the night before the first game, had that talk with the coach, and he basically said, look, are, are you ready to go? And I said, yeah, I want to give it a shot. So what that's how it went down. Four home runs over the weekend on yeah. a torn ACL. Pretty remarkable. Now, he's not playing in the field. He's just DHing. That's all he's doing. But, yeah, torn ACL, just going out there doing his thing. Because, you know, guys with torn ACLs are known for, hey, you're done for basically a year. I mean, now the, yeah. the way technology and just the way medical science is advanced, for some guys it's nine months. Some yeah. guys it's actually longer than that. Yeah. And not everyone actually fully recovers. The fact that he's doing this is just it's, – it's remarkable. Absolutely remarkable to see a guy who's a graduate student – Final year of eligibility, still going out there and playing on a torn ACL. I can only imagine what it's also like for the players, like his teammates, to see like that dude's gutting it out with a torn ACL and dude's hitting bombs. I'm also thinking about the money that this dude has made. You know, who knows where he probably could have gone or would have gone in the upcoming draft, but don't know. His weekend and what he's doing on a torn ACL. Imagine if a, if a clubhouse gets him in. Hey, you're going to rehab for the rest of the year. We're going to get you in spring training, and we're going to send you down to single A somewhere. Just hit those bombs next year after you get better. Who knows? He's made himself some money. I don't know what he is as an MLB prospect, but it's still a story pretty memorable to him nonetheless. Train heating and cooling systems are engineered to keep up with you. We Run together. Visit traininfo.com to find your local independent train dealer. It's hard to stop a train. We talked a little bit about the Charlotte Hornets a moment ago. Speaking of the NBA, we got game three tonight, Chris Lee. Game three tonight, NBA Finals. Denver on the road at Miami. Series tied at one apiece. I know a lot of people had questions about the Denver Nuggets defensively. Yeah. They still only lost by three points in game two. I think I, th I don't know. I think a lot of people were kind of overreacting a little bit to that loss. Now the big the big concern was when Michael Malone, the head coach of the Denver Nuggets, after that win was or after that game two loss, I, I should say, was like, uh, yeah, effort. Hey guys, this ain't this ain't game twenty six. Basically, is what he said. <laughs> it's the NBA Finals. Yeah. Step it up. Step it up. But hey, you're one one. All you gotta do is win one game in Miami. You got home court advantage right back. No, that, that's very true. Uh, but I will say this, though. That you're right. It was only three points, but that's three points after a run when Miami lets you back in the game because Miami yeah. was leading by double digits and had a very comfortable lead heading into the fourth quarter. So it, the game actually could have been a little bit worse if Miami didn't let their foot off the gas. And we don't know if Miami was – if they were tired. I mean, they were in Denver after all, right? Yeah. You know, thin air, all that type of stuff. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Miami kind of reacts at home, uh, in the comfort of their own home, and uh, without Tyler Hero. Of course, he broke his hand in the first game Once of again. the playoffs. Um, you know, kind of like the table Teravinen situation uh, where he broke his hand. But um, he's uh, thinking that he could po possibly be back today. He won't be in. So um, that won't be an, that will be another person, their best three-point shooter for Miami, uh, that they won't have. But you, you mentioned something earlier, basically the defense of, of Denver. And uh, one of the things Miami did was put uh, Jokic in a lot of pick-and-roll situations. He had a hard yes. time defending that. Yes. And so he became the defensive liability while also scoring 41 points but only having four assists. Yeah. And, you Jamal know. Murray still had 10 assists, but, yeah, they limited his passing. But, you know, they asked, uh, you know, Miami Heat's head coach, like, hey, like, you know, Eric Spolstra, 
what is that part of your strategy to make Jokic a scorer and not much of a facilitator? And he was like, you don't, you're not really understanding the game of basketball. You're not understanding what's going on out there if that's all you came away with. But honestly, if you're just keeping him as a scorer and not a facilitator and the defense can collapse on these other people and he's the only one scoring, it does seem like a great option for the Heat if that's how this game plays out today. And Nikola Jokic, I will say, if he sees the double team coming, if he just sees it even slightly out of the corner of his eye, he knows what to do. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you really have to be very strategic with your timing in ter- if you want to do if you do want to double team him. But the onus is going to fall on guys like Michael Porter Jr., uh, Caldwell Pope. Those guys are going to have to – they're going to have to just be more of a threat offensively and also step things up defensively for them as well. And one thing, the, the adjustment I wanted to see from Miami – from game one to game two, they did, which was attack the rim, attack the cup. And oh, even, they and, absolutely and, they, and, yeah. and putting And putting Jokic in those pick-and-roll situations allowed them to do that. But also put Jokic in foul trouble, attack the rim, put him in foul trouble because there's little moments and stretches of the game where you get him off the floor for two or three minutes. Maybe it's late in a quarter, maybe like late in the first quarter if he's picked up a couple fouls and you want to, and Coach Malone takes him off the floor to protect him to make sure he doesn't get into deep foul trouble early in the game. Well, you can take advantage of that defensively if you're Miami. So, yeah, continue to attack the rim. They only had two free throw attempts in the first qu- in the first game. Game two, they had 20 free throw attempts. Denver at Miami, game three tonight at 830. I want to say this really quick. You can listen to that on the fan, by the way. Listen to that right here on the fan really quick uh, before we end this segment. Tommy Trimble, tight end from the oh, Carolina okay. Panthers. Uh, he had this quote that was very interesting from an article from Mike K from the Charlotte Observer, and this was Tommy Trimble's quote. This is really the first time that we've been coached up receiving-wise other than us trying to figure it out on our own. Mm-hmm. Now, what he's referring to is how the coaching staff there right now that's in place is showing him how to become an effective receiver in the NFL. We were just talking a couple days ago, Dennis, yeah. about the Panthers. You were saying the Panthers need to go after a number one, and my point is they number don't know. Receiver, yeah. They don't know what they necessarily have because they could have somebody could turn into that on the roster. And to me, what Tommy Trimble just said to Mike K is something that kind of it, it, it kind of boosts up my point. Matt Rule was so horrible, and his coaching staff was so horrible. They didn't teach Tommy Trimble how to be a receiver as a tight end in the NFL. So now he's getting that getting coached up for the first time. You mm-hmm. might see a breakout season from Tommy Trimble. Hey, you know what? If that happens, I'd love it. I would love to see it, and I hope he does have that. Uh, by I mean, the only thing to and me— And other people like LaVisca Chanel and, 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 and eh. Terrace Marshall Jr. Okay. Well, that you were hating on the other I day. I was not hating on them. I was saying I'm a little— You were hating. I'm cautious— I'm cautious in terms of being optimistic. Every day is the player hater ball for you. No, man. it's not the player hater ball. Are you ready for the big game? At the Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of the Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com.